I get it. You operate a business in the horse industry and you know you need to be online to grow your business, but you're overwhelmed at the process and you might not even have an idea where to start. Well, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening to the Digital Hoofprint Podcast, a podcast that shares strategy, resources, and motivation for you to grow your horse business online. My name is Abriana and I am a business coach, brand strategist, and designer that works with equine entrepreneurs who are struggling with their online presence. I transform grade horse businesses into industry unicorns. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must be ready to establish your digital hoofprint. So whether you're listening to this while cleaning stalls or after a long day working horses, I'm breaking down this process into digestible nuggets so you can take them and apply them to your business today. Thanks so much for listening again, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Hoofprint Podcast. My name is Aubriana, and I am the head unicorn in charge over at Black Unicorn Creative, and I help horse business owners who are struggling with their online presence establish their digital hoofprint through brand strategy and coaching, and Today, we are doing part two of the client journey. In the last episode, we talked about the three different types of customers that we run into and how to talk to each, well, how to talk to the the first type, which is the brand unaware. They don't know anything about you and they are just coming across you. These are people who click a hashtag on social media or get referred to you by a friend and they are just now aware of who you are and what you do. So today we are going to talk about the second type of customer, which is the person that is aware of you, but they are hesitant. They haven't purchased yet, they're still weighing their options and trying to make that decision whether or not you are the best candidate to have this exchange, which is of money. So let's go over the, the three types again. It's the brand unaware, the customers that are aware of you, but hesitant. And then the last one is brand champions. They, they, purchase from you, they love you, and they are the clients that you want to keep, the customers that you want to keep. So when you are marketing your business, especially with horse people, you know, you really want to build that loyal fan base. That's what marketing is all about, building that loyal fan base and making sure you keep your current people happy and bring in new people and keep it, make them happy as well. So when you are marketing to the people that are hesitant to purchase or, you know, they've just lost track of time, they haven't um, made the purchase just yet, there are just a few things that you can do differently than if you were to market to only to people who are unaware. Now, when you're marketing to the unaware, 
definitely go back to the previous episode to hear the whole shebang, but you really focus on education and, you know, like, hey, you have this problem, have this problem, I can help, I can help, this is what we do, hi, this is our story kind of thing. Marketing to the aware but hesitant is almost the same, but there are just a, a few differences. When these customers, you know, follow you on social media and are getting to know your brand, getting to know your business, they are in the researching phase, you know, of the buyer journey. So they could be following a bunch of different people who kind of do the same thing, but trying to figure out who resonates with them the most. You know, I try to stay focused in these episodes by choosing one example. So today's episode, the example will be a um, equestrian apparel company. So whether you make riding tights or shirts or um, socks or anything like that, these are the kind of things that um, I'm going to use this, this episode to to dive into that example specifically. So I stay on track. <laughs> so people are following, you know, all of these companies that kind of do the same thing, but they have their own unique value to add to the industry, right? They have their own designs, they have their own palettes, they have their own structure, they have their own offers. Some may offer like really high waist, um, riding pants, uh, breeches. Oh my gosh, I blanked on the name. Some may offer breeches, some may offer leggings, some may offer jeans, you know, any kind of apparel. Everybody, I mean, it's, it's clothes, they, they go on your body. So you're all in the same industry, but everyone has their unique value. So when you are talking to these people who are aware of you, but have yet to purchase from you, you kind of need to know who those people are. Where, where are they? These are your social media followers. These are people who have opted in maybe for a coupon on your website. If you're an e-commerce uh, brand like this, you know, apparel example, or they have downloaded a freebie on your website the email subscribers that you have. These are people, you know, if you have a brick and mortar, they're, they're window shoppers. They're visited with, they have visited with their friends. They, um, you know, have yet to purchase from you. They met you at a, uh, at a show or at expo. They know who you are, but you just have not had that exchange yet. You have not converted them into a client or a customer. And they're also, if you're a service-based business, they could be inquiries that have yet to make a decision. So if you're sending out proposals, they haven't responded just yet. Or if you're sending out, um, giving people quotes, they haven't booked just yet. These are people who are aware of you, but they have not established that relationship just yet. So, now that we know where these people are located and what kind of people they are, we can really try to hone in on what is it that they want. Now, 
when we're talking to the brand unaware, we really, you know, focus on um, mentioning the, the problem that they have or, you know, the transformation that they're trying to achieve. But a lot of times when people are aware of your brand, they just have yet to make that, that relationship with you, that conversion. They want their, their problem solved, but they are just not sure that you can make that happen for them, right? So a lot of times people, um, you know, marketers say, oh, you know, what are your customers' pain points? What are your customers' pain points? But, you know, some people struggle with discovering what those pain points are because a lot of times it's not pain, you know, a lot of times it's not something that's like, oh, if I don't have this, I'll die. Oh, if I don't get this, or if I stay without this, I will be hurt. You know, a lot of times it's not that serious. So when we say pain points, you know, it needs to be something that's significant enough that they want to interact with you to make that change versus trying to DIY it themselves or find somebody completely different. So those are the things that you really should take a second and think about and even ask your current clients, current customers, what they think to get some of that, that uh, information. So if they don't have like a crazy pain point, like, oh, this is the one thing that I need. A lot of times it's a, it's simply a desired transformation. Like, what is it that they are looking for? What kind of feeling are they looking to have? What kind of status are they looking to have? What kind of representation are they looking to have? And how can your product or your service make that happen for them? So, for example, our, our apparel company, you know, if we say that the desired transformation is confidence, you know, saying we have high waist breaches that keep everything in place so that you can focus on riding that builds confidence. That's, that's a pain point for someone that's, you know, confidence may not physically ail, may not be a physical ailment, <laughs> but it is a transformation. It is a, is a desired future state. It is a desired end goal for a lot of people, especially women. If you have, you know, shirts that um, you know, have some sort of slogan or some sort of logo or something that is representative of a type of person, especially, you, know, you guys know, there's so many like, um, you know, logo tees and stuff like that, Boss Bear, um, OTTB, vibes, you know, all kinds of different 
things. People want to identify with a community. So if you're producing things that allows them to represent themselves and say, this is how I identify. I'm out here. I'm a boss mayor, okay? I'm out here riding my off the track thoroughbred or barrel racers turn and burn. Like that's me. That's my community. People are going to navigate to things that, that will allow them to represent themselves and connect themselves with a community. When people are interacting with you, they also want to know that your product or your service is going to get them that desired result. So when you think about your marketing, you have to think about how can I convey that this will get you your desired result. A lot of times it looks like social proof, testimonials, comments, screenshots. I mean, you can share stuff like that. If you've done something great and your customers are happy with it, you got, hey, can I share this on my page? Yes. If they love you, they should be perfectly okay with you sharing this on your page to, to show people like this is the transformation that they get. This is what these people are saying. You should be able to not only share social proof, but share examples like case studies, you know, this is the experience that this person had before. This is what they chose with us. You know, this is the product or the service that they chose. And this is their end result. And showing people that transformation, it'll trigger like, oh, like I had to identify myself with that person and the problem that they had. And they received this product or service from you and got the result that I want for myself. So I'm going to purchase from you. That kind of thing, you know? And so case studies are a great example of showing people how they can trust you without telling them like, hey, you can trust me. I promise. Scout's honor. <laughs> And then they also want you to be proactive and not reactive. For example, you know, why would you, it's, it's June, it's June right now. And right now, the 23rd, if you were to put out some pride month stuff, you know, designs, if you're a apparel company, you know, oh, the last few days of June, we're going to, you know, start throwing rainbows everywhere. It, that doesn't seem genuine. You know, that doesn't seem like it was ever a priority for you. And that's definitely reactive and in, in behind the fold, you know, behind the game, behind the train is you, you're better off not. They want to know that you are thinking about them. They want to know that you're thinking about the issues that they have and that you are addressing it. You're, when you're being proactive, that means it's a priority for you. So you're like, hey, you know, it's April, it's March. You know, we know that the world is opening back up. You're starting to go out. You're starting to do more riding. We have these sun shirts to protect you. 
get them now before it gets too hot, you know, get them now before you get all sunburnt and suntanned and all these things, you know, it's important to, to be proactive and think ahead so that people know that it, it kind of triggers the subconscious, like I'm on their mind. Like they thought about this already. They thought about the problems that I was going to have coming up. So I want to be proactive and purchase from them before I get to that, before I get to that problem. So they, they, they want their problem solved. They want this desired transformation. They want to be able to trust you and your, your product and your service. And they want to know that you are proactive instead of reactive. This quote from Henry Ford is always like, I always think about this quote because it's really connected to marketing, but connected to a lot of other things also. He says, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And of course it's horse related, but you know, when Henry Ford was building cars, I think it took him like eight years to get a eight cylinder engine created, like with all of his engineers and stuff. And they kept telling him like, this is not working. This is not working, Henry, Henry, we failed again. And he's like, make it work. There's got to be a way, make it work. And he said, you know, if he asked his customers, what was it that they wanted back in the day? Because everybody was, you know, riding horses and pulling carriages and stuff. They, they wouldn't have been able to say we want a car because it didn't exist. They're saying, well, you know, a faster horse would be cool. But these, these are the same customers that are not out here riding racehorses, you know, to get from one place to another. So he thought about that and said, no, a lot of people can't handle a faster horse. What you gonna do riding a faster horse? Like, these are animals. We can't just give everybody a faster horse and think that solves the problem. He said, I have to do something different. Something else needs to be created. And so that is the kind of proactive thinking that makes him, you know, the person he is remembered to be today. I know he's got some problems, but as far as creation and implementation and being proactive and thinking of things before other people, Harry Four had that. If I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. So think about that when you are, you know, in product development or service development and marketing to these people that haven't yet, you know, purchased from you. Say, what is the next step? What is next for them? And what do I have that can serve them in that capacity? So how exactly do you communicate with them? I talk a lot about content strategy because, you know, it's not just social media, it's not just, um, you know, showing up on your website. Marketing, you can touch it from so many different ways, um, but we will 
since this is the digital hoofprint podcast, we will focus more on what you can produce online. Um, just in case nobody's told you. <laughs> so when you are looking to produce content for people, like marketing materials, it is so important to have a strategy around that because it helps you, one, be consistent. It helps you stay within your realm of expertise. A lot of times people feel like they don't know what to say because they're trying to talk about things they don't know. You know, talk about the things you know about and be consistent in that. Strategy helps you um, not second guess. It builds confidence because you can show up and you know that your audience will respond because you're talking about what you know and you're consistent in that. You're always providing value and you are talking about what your audience cares about. When you develop a content strategy, there's a couple things that go into that. You develop your content pillars. Content pillars are guidelines or four or five big topics, big overarching umbrella topics that you cover. It can be anywhere from, you know, for me, like marketing, um, equestrian lifestyle, um, my Calgary camp, my children's books, um, entrepreneurship, mindset. Those are some of my, my content pillars. And I create things under that because I know my audience is looking for those things. They're looking for that boost in morale. They're looking for tips on entrepreneurship. They're looking for, um, you know, insight into the equestrian lifestyle. So when you develop your content pillars, just choose four or five things that you know that you are an expert in. When it comes to your business, let's talk about the apparel company. We can have, let's say four content pillars can be um, your product production. You know, how do you choose your products? How do you um, know what you're going to produce next? You know, the design aspect of it. You can do uh, social proof, sharing your client wins, customer uh, testimonials, things like that. That's definitely, definitely a major pillar for e-commerce businesses. Um, you could share, um, current events, like current situations going on in your industry. Um, you could share, uh, like inspiration or encouragement, especially if you are trying to promote a transformation that's like confidence or or um, body positivity, or identifying with a community. You can you can have like a community-based um, 
content pillar and sharing, you know, hey, this is from my barrel races out here. These are the designs that we have, yada, yada, yada. Now, once you have those content pillars, you can take 30 minutes and brainstorm all of the things that you can talk about underneath those pillars. You can talk to a friend, talk to your audience, scroll some Facebook comments and you know, those groups that we're all in and see what some of the things are that people bring up, whether they say, oh, I wish this company did this, or I wish I knew more about that, or these are the questions that I have, or does anyone know where I can find, you know? Write down all of those things and you will come up with a major, major list of content that you can put together and share for months and months on end. Once you come down and and brainstorm all those content ideas, organize them. Is this a blog? situation? Is this a social media type caption? Is this a something that um, we can create like a marketing video around? You know, what kind of content do we have here? How much time is it going to take for us to produce this content? Is it something quick? Like, what is a content pillar? Let me tell you what a content pillar is. Boom, it's a caption. I can put it on all my platforms. That's it. Do I need to create graphics for it? Do I need to do another photo shoot? You know, kind of organize your content ideas and see, pull out the ones that could be a priority. Pull out the ones that are you can execute super quickly. Pull out the ones that deserve, you know, maybe like a kind of a bigger launch or a bigger investment and strategically choose and arrange which ones you're going to do first. Then you want to create, create your assets, whether it be audio, visual, digital, graphics, create the assets that go with it, do the writing that is necessary to go with it. And then you want to schedule it. You've already prioritized which ones you're going to do. Go ahead and schedule that content out and watch your engagement. (laughs) Watch people come and find you based on how you're able to show up consistently. Now, I usually at the end of, at the beginning of the month, try to sit down and do a content dump, you know, what is it that I want to talk about this month? What is going on? Are there any special days? Are there any announcements that I need to make? How am I going to frame my marketing around that? And so I pull out those major big ideas, arrange them week by week, and then if I'm feeling if I'm feeling real fancy, I'll go ahead and uh, plan out for a couple weeks on like a Saturday or a Sunday, and then spend a couple days, you know, getting the assets together 
and writing the captions and then scheduling it out. It's, this can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to get back into blogging and it is overwhelming for me. I can write a caption in a hot second, but blogging, I know I have to shift my mindset around it because I can throw up a podcast episode in a hot minute, but blogging stresses me out for some reason. So if it's going to, if, if, you know, there's a hindrance that you have found, a mindset block that you have found that is preventing you from creating content wherever online, then take a second and, and figure out what that is. Figure out why you are having those issues and figure out how that's affecting your marketing and affecting your, affecting your business. And once you kind of get down to those nitty gritties, you will find some reasoning, you know, if you need a bigger reason, then, you know, this will someone will come across this and it will help them. You know, if you say, hey, if I post this, um, if I post consistently for a week, I have found that I get 10 more sales, then what the heck? Why wouldn't you do that? Right? So think about those things. Develop your pillars, brainstorm your content, organize it, create it, and then schedule it. So I wanted to provide some more specific examples for this, um, this apparel company example, because I don't want to ever talk so high level that you're like, wow, that's a great idea. Now what, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to give you actionable things. So let's follow this example, guys, right? You may not have an apparel company, but this still may apply for you. Take what you need, leave what you don't. So we are an equestrian apparel brand. We make breeches and, or we sell or make whatever breeches, sun shirts, um, hats, you know, and our, our um, kind of claim to fame is body positivity, um, blocking UV rays, all while being pretty stylish. So some of the things that I can share are behind the scenes looks into manufacturing, packaging, marketing, photo shoots, things like that. I can share my origin story. How did we start? What problem did I see? What need did I see in the industry? And what gave me the courage to try to solve that need? I can tell you stories about my clients that have purchase for me and seen success in their transformation and their confidence in the protection that they have while they're riding um, in how 
you know, if I have some breeches that have some rubber on it, how they felt super secure in the saddle. Security is an issue for a lot of people. And they feel like, you know, sometimes some breeches can be so slippery, you know, it's easier to repair, but re replace a pair of breeches than it is to replace a saddle. So I can tell stories about that. I can educate people on, you know, different things about the products. You know, we use 100% organic cotton or we use this material that repels UV rays or we use sustainable packaging or we're made in the USA. So there's no, you know, sweatshop labor involved, things like that. Again, with the social proof, sharing client wins, sharing client feedback. If you got comments on your social media of people saying positive things, you can share that also. You can post things that are trendy or like sneak peeks of new products. You can hop on a trend and you don't even, you know, everybody's out here dancing and pointing to things on TikTok and on Reels and things like that. But you don't even have to do that. You can choose a trendy sound and give sneak peeks, you know, and that makes people feel like they are involved. They're part of the process. Like, oh, I get to see something that someone else might not see if they weren't engaged with this account or engaged with this business. You can share tutorials. You can share how to dress with these different clothing items. You can share how you can um, repurpose this pair of whatever, this pair of breeches. You can wear this shirt with breeches and then go out to dinner, just throw on some jeans after you leave the barn. You know, everybody talks about how crazy you look when you leave the barn, or you could dress it up, dress up, dress down, um, different colors that things go with, you know, you could have like a whole styling session. You can run your promotions, which is always important for these e-commerce businesses. You want to make people uh, aware of what it is you have to offer and where they can get some savings because people like that. You also want to engage with them. Don't just throw this stuff out, like throw a, a throw a, uh, your fishing pole out, throw out your bait, and then don't reel it in. Like, that's not, you're not going to get to fish, you know? Once you, once you got it snatched, you got to reel in slowly, reel in slowly, but you don't want to reel in too fast because you might end up breaking the line, stuff like that. No, reel in slow, snatch, get your fish, reel in slow, and then pull it up. Y'all can tell I'm from the country, right? <laughs> So engage with people, um, Instagram and Facebook, they have polls and question stickers and this or that, or, you know, there's so many things that you can do to get people excited about what you have going on. You can ask for feedback. You can send out surveys. You can, um, you know, provide some incentives with that, like a coupon afterwards. You can, again, do case studies, um, ask someone, hey, can I talk about your transformation? 
yes, you can interview them. You can go live with them. There's so many ways to engage, you know, sharing your customer wins. People know, people identify themselves in other people. And so if you share wins of your customers and your clients, a new customer will say, hey, you know, that was me. That's me. That's what I'm going through right now. I'm willing to bet that this could provide me the same transformation. So then they purchase from you. A couple of things to remember though, because I feel like a lot of times we get discouraged when it doesn't work like that. It's not always going to work like that. Okay. It's not going to be like, Ooh, I marketed for a week and now I'm booked out. Like it's not always going to be that way. People will watch you and not engage with your content ever. Have you ever done that? Like someone you like, you're just scrolling, you're like, oh, I like that. And you get distracted or you just keep scrolling. Or it's like, oh, you know, oh, that's cool. And you just don't double tap. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. But those can be the same people that are getting your emails every week or however many times you send them, they are watching what you're doing. They're reading your clients' testimonials, but they just aren't, aren't the kind of people that are clicking and commenting and, and making themselves known online. You still got to talk to those people. You still have to show up even when you're not getting that engagement, because when you get an order, you're not going to go back and look and say, okay, which client was that? Where, where did they comment on my page prior to them purchasing from me? No, you're not doing that. You're not. And so you want to be able to show up consistently and provide value to these people, whether or not they are double tapping or commenting. It's not always going to be the loudest person on your profile that purchases from you. We all know that showing up is the hardest part. So it's likely takes months, you know, depending on the kind of audience you have and the offers that you have, it'll take months to nurture people to, you know, continue to have these conversations so that you remain top of mind. It can take months for people to get comfortable with you. And that's okay. That is okay because there's always someone new who has started that journey with you and they may convert into a customer later on and, and bring you the best business you've ever thought of. Consistency plus value equals conversions. So showing up, nurturing these people that are just a little hesitant. They, they know who you are, but they're just simply not sure if you can provide the transformation for them. So think about those things. Think about, you know, the type of content that you produce. Think about showing people and not telling them that you can produce that desired transformation from them, whether it be the, the pain points that are you know, it's more, it's worth more to these people to purchase from you than it is to do it themselves. 
or the the transformation like I want to purchase this luxurious item and you know it's not that I really need it but I want to identify myself with this kind of people I want to be able to purchase this scarce thing or I want to be able to represent or express myself in this particular way those are the kind of people that are aware that you offer it but they're just a little hesitant and have yet to purchase so continue to show up for them continue to show up continuing to show up in that way will also bring those people that are unaware you know two birds and one stone but it's just a little bit more specific and a little bit more targeted to the people who know who you are they just have yet to purchase from you so I hope that you learned a little bit from this episode and I hope that um, you are able to implement some of the things that we talked about today. If you have a specific like example of a company or product or a service that you want me to kind of dive into a little bit more on some of these episodes, let me know because I am willing to do it. I'm willing to do the brain crunching just so you can see the possibilities because you don't know what you don't know, right? So hit me up on social media. Uh, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know. Uh, respond to my email list. The Stampede, can't forget to plug that. It is a newsletter that gives horse business owners tips, resources, and inspiration for establishing their digital hoofprint. So I talk about branding. I talk about mindset. I talk about websites, you know, the whole marketing shebang, like we're covering it all, covering it all in the stampede. So head to blackunicorncreative.com and you can sign up to join the herd there. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, great rest of the month, and are getting ready to go into Q3 with, with smiles and promise. <laughs> I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening.